and boom, oh, there we go. We got the man himself. I am on now. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? You know what? Sorry, man. I'll talk to the bouncers. I'll grease them at 20 and make sure they let you in next time. Actually, you know what? Inflation, bro. I think it's more like a $100 bill to get it. It probably is. We got, we got, so I told everybody what we're chatting about today, which is taxes and some tax savings ideas. Trying to get this straight here. Hold on. We'll put it back a little bit. And um, I have a client, friend, who um, is who is um, the digital marketer for Tao groups. So all the restaurants and nightclubs and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, man, come to New York. We'll go to some clubs and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't, that doesn't sound that good. And then I'm like, wait a second. Do you have any of those clubs where the bouncer stands at the door and just looks people up and down? And then it's like, they wait in line for an hour. And then the bouncer tells them, you can't come in. You got to go home for tonight. I'm like, I want to go hang out with that guy for a night. And so I'll let you know, Dominic, if that ever happens. But I have the best the- story of getting bounced by a bouncer in London sometime when we have time. Maybe if we have a few minutes to get into this one. Oh, I was in Maidenhead. Only- it was awesome. We'll save this for another time. But I yeah. actually, the only time I ever got thrown out of the bar, it was my personal trainer at the time was the bouncer. <laughs> so he's like, come on, Ron, <laughs> time to go home a much younger and more impetuous man but um yeah you know okay ron you gotta go man don't make, don't, don't make this weird and he's like all right man i'll see you on tuesday 7 a.m don't be late yeah exactly <laughs> so anyway um we told you guys we we're going to chat about taxes today and um founder selling syndrome so, so we're going to make this today the the keep more make more podcast because I'm actually going to chat first about some tax stuff. So I want you guys to stop and think. What is the number one tax break in the tax code? If you guys were quizzed and somebody pulled you aside on the street, and I'm actually going to give you two, but we're going to go into one of them today. Because right now it's tax season. Uh, it's, you know, the way taxes work is the government pulls. If you work for somebody else, they pull a bunch of money out of your paycheck throughout the year. And then you kind of square up with them at the end of the year. If you are um, self-employed, then you're on the honor system to send them quarterly payments and stuff like that. So think about that for a minute. If you asked people on the street what the number one benefit in the tax code is, most would say either my 401k, you know, or my set plan or my IRA. I love that thing because I'm saving taxes. Or they would say something along the lines of my the mortgage deduction on my home. Mm-hmm. And if you ask any tax planners, what we would tell you the number one benefit is. It's the owning a small business, any sort of business. And today I'm going to explain to you guys why. So even if you don't have a business, you might be inspired to start one or at least begin thinking about it because the benefits are massive, 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 massive. By the way, do you know, Dominic, what the number two benefit in the tax code is? Well, I was pretty sure I knew what number one was, but which was the business. But yeah, no, I don't know. I was going to think maybe mortgages, but then I have I know your feelings on mortgages. So I don't know. By the way, the second one is mortgages are great because you never 
unlike a 401k where you have to go pay that tax back later at whatever rate they say, mortgage interest, you do not. So it actually is, I put it in at number three, solid number three. But there's Mm. one in between it that we will chat about another time that will straight blow you guys' mind. And I don't care what Dave Ramsey says, he's wrong. I don't care what White Coat Investor says, he's even more wrong and he's kind of a smug prick about it. It is the exemption given to properly structured cash value life insurance. And by the way, as a tax professional, Dominic, when I was first introduced to this, I spent three years trying to prove the people that were showing it to me that they were wrong, that I was right, and it was a complete scam. I was just as ignorant as Dave Ramsey and White Coat Investor were on the subject. But later, I had to realize what's the saying, if you can't beat them, join them. So again, it's not, you know, we're a tax firm, we do financial advisory work, it's not the only thing. But later, in a later episode, I'm going to blow you guys' mind on that stuff. But for today, what I want to talk about is taxes. So, and specifically the benefits given to businesses. So first of all, what you guys have to understand is that our tax system is progressive. Now, you guys probably heard that um, when you guys were in high school or in a civics class that we all slept through because it was boring (laughs) AF. And so we all slept through it and we're like, yeah, mark the test, progressive tax system. But let me explain to you what it means in the real world and then how you can use this. In it. And I didn't see who that was from India, but good morning or yeah, evening or, or good evening. whatever it is yeah. over three Wait, in probably. India. We're so happy to have you. Whatever time it is over in India, we're, we're, we're happy to have you. So check this out. The way it works in the real world is when you work at a job, you don't really have deductions. And I have a lot of clients right over here that work for, because every golf manufacturer basically in America is headquartered right over there. And all their executives get paid like $160,000, $180,000 a year, depending on their bonuses. But they're all employees and they all have to pay for the majority of their travel and things like that. The companies are like, look, we're going to throw money at you. But you have to cover your expenses and entertainment and stuff like that. As of 2018 in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, they cannot write that off anymore. However, a business owner can. So let me walk you through how this works. When you get a W-2 and say your spouse or partner gets a W-2 and you guys are filing jointly, there are brackets. So you get a deduct off, for instance, mortgage interest, state taxes, things like that, from what you're going to pay on taxes, if you contribute to a 401k, that comes right off the top. That doesn't even make it to the W-2. That is literally a salary reduction, not a deduction. Hmm. So it never even shows up on the tax form except on the W-2. Then what happens is any other deductions, but there aren't that many for normal employees get deducted up. Now we arrive at your taxable income. Now, if you don't own a home or pay a lot of interest on your mortgage or live in a state where you don't pay taxes or have a bunch of charity items, you can opt instead to take a standard deduction. And a standard deduction is like $12,000 for somebody single, for a married couple. And then if you're head of household, which means you're divorced or single, but have dependents in the house, either kids or parents, 
that meet the criteria, you get like an $18,000 deduction. The rest is what you're going, oh, good morning, Jake. Um, The rest is what you're going to pay taxes on. So now we get into a tiered system and I don't have a whiteboard, although I'm going to get, I'm getting one of those fancy electric whiteboards that you can write on and then project on. Oh yeah. But if I did what I would draw and what, what I want you guys to mentally draw is just a staircase going left to right. So the way we read, it's going left to right. And you start out, once we get to your taxable income, we start at 10%, then 12%, then 22 so big jump there, 24 then 32 another big jump there, 34 actually, I think it's 35 and then 37 mm-hmm. um, And yeah, I'm the professional, and I'm supposed to remember that, and I don't because they change it every year. I just look it up. Good morning, B-Style or Bless Style. So now what happens is, is as you move up that ladder, so if you're married, for instance, your first $19,000 will be taxed at the 10%, no matter how much you ultimately make. Your next money will be, your next 60000 will be taxed at 12%, and then you jump up and, and start getting into some of the big dollars. So why is a business small or large, such a big deal. Well, because who employs the most amount of people? It's small businesses and and, and medium-sized businesses. Yeah, the government has a ton of employees, but again, that's only driven by, they have to pay them out of the tax revenue that they take from us. Um, And Dominic, have you seen the video? I'm trying to figure out how to download it from YouTube. So if anybody wants to DM me how to download a video on YouTube, and actually download it so I can post it, I would be most appreciative because I'm trying to get a video of the little kid crying. Have you seen that one on Monopoly where he had to pay all his money in taxes? Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like 10-year-old boy, and he's like crying, and they're like, like, why are you crying, Johnny? He's like, they're taking all my money. And he's like, why are they taking your money, Johnny? It's like taxes. I'm like, well, that's part of the game. He's like, no, it's the worst part of the game. We're like, yes, my little man, I feel you. <laughs> yes, right. Okay, so now let's chat about espresso number four in the book. Uh, <laughs> by the way, before we get to that, I just got to tell you guys, like Dominic, I literally didn't sleep last last night. I woke up at like four thirty. I was kind of even with no espresso. I wrote down a list of stuff we got to share on these coming podcasts. I got a ton. We got tons of stuff. I know you do for too. Sure. So anyway, um, I might have overcaffeinated. I might not. You guys be the judge. But anyway, okay. So back to how do and side note on that. By the way, way, side note on that because we do have a lot of content. But if you guys want to see something specific, or if you have questions, post them in here. We're both trying to watch these questions. I also have my wife is in another room, and she'll flag me down if or miss a good question. So if you guys have questions on taxes or later on when I talk about making some more money, feel free to post them in here. We'll definitely answer them. Also, we got a couple of DMs after last week's episode um, asking about uh, or, or sending us some questions for future episodes. So we'll add all of those things on there just so you guys know. So just make sure you're asking. And if you found anybody you wanted to share this with too, tag them in here. We'll answer their There's questions our, too. That's our commercial break. There yep. you go, man. Right you on. You told me we had to have those. So <laughs> okay, we need intro music too. 
We got to get some intro music so we can yeah, get a real show. Yeah. Okay. Yes, that's Hoffman. Fifteen. I am. All right. Now let's put this together. So let's say your family makes one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, and you're married or in a domestic partnership or whatever. So now, and let's say you're taking a twenty-four. You're just taking the standard deduction. They're going to take the 120, subtract off the 24, that's going to leave you 96, taxable. So we're going to have, number one, 19,000 at 10%. So you're going to pay $1,900 on that. You guys can feel free to write this down. And again, we'll get a whiteboard in here so I can like drag it over and start writing on it. The next 60,000 is at 12%. Make my life easy. We're just going to call that 7,000. So we're at $9,000 in taxes on your first $80,000 of taxable income, but we still have 16 to go. On that last 16, you're going to pay $4,000 of taxes. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden it's way disproportionate. Now you still paid more on the first 80. So your taxes are going to be the nine plus the four, so 13,000. So you think your effective rate is like, well, gee, I made 120, I paid 13 in federal taxes. So basically my tax rate's about 10%. That is correct, effective. But marginal, now your marginal tax rate is those last $16,000 were taxed at double the rate that the first 20,000 was taxed out. And this is where tax planning comes into play. Now, what most people will do is again, be like, got to, if they're paying attention, they'll be like, I got to max out my 401k. But remember, on your 401k, you are postponing both the tax paying and the calculation of the tax and if you put 10000 a year into your 401k, the government 30 years from now doesn't want to tax you on the 10. They want to tax you on the 10 plus everything the 10 made at whatever rate they're charging at that time. Will it be higher? Will it be lower? We don't know. But the government's $30 trillion in debt. And apparently, if this bill goes through, we'll be another one point five trillion half, yeah. in debt. Yeah, or no, one point five. Yeah, yeah a trillion. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, one point five trillion. Yeah. yeah, what's a few decimal points, right? Yeah. So now, let's say you like to go to garage sales on a Saturday morning. If we start selling some of that stuff now, we can start to write off the mileage driving back and forth to garage sales which means your $14 a gallon gas, we can now begin to write off some of that. You were going to the garage sales anyways. Number two, if you're using your phone or your internet connection to set up and figure out where the garage sales were and who's having them, and then let's say you're like, well, screw it. I don't always keep everything I want. I will start selling some of this on Poshmark or I don't know, whatever. eBay, Fa whatever. Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, any of that. It depends on what you're actually doing. Now, you were already spending the money for the cell phone. You were already driving to the garage sales. You already paid your rent. But now we begin to write off some of that. 
Now let's say we came up with $4,000 of deductions. All right, again, money that's already going out the door, we just save. Now that comes off that 120, which now comes off the 96, which means now our taxable income is 92, and we just saved $1,000 in taxes. Literally in your pocket, $1,000 of taxes that otherwise would have gone to the federal government. And this is perfectly legit, perfectly legal. We're not breaking any rules. And it's like I've said many, many, many times, the tax code is about 81,000 pages long now. About 30 of those are like, here's the taxes you have to pay. And here's the brackets, what I just described. The other 80,970 are, here's all the exceptions to that those rules. And here's how you put more money in your pocket. And why does Warren Buffett say, look, I pay a lower rate than my assistant does. It's because he's got an army of tax professionals working with him and because of the way he earns his money where he falls into lower rates. And we'll talk about a lot more of these strategies as we go forward. But if you want one quick, simple thing, and Darren asked about what about the cost to file business tax return? A couple hundred bucks. Um, and again, I could just give you a really simple example. We can generally find eight to $10,000 of expenses, legitimate expenses, not made up weird stuff, you know, where people have to worry about getting in trouble. This is legit. Let me go one step further. You can actually pay your kids to help with this business and up to $12,000, they're in the 0% tax bracket. So you can literally, I call it arbitrage. You're literally taking money that you would have paid 22 cents on the dollar. You're moving it over to your kids. Now they got to they gotta work for it. They got to earn it. They got to do something for it. But um, you can turn around and... A mutual friend of ours, Dominic, just sent me a text message that he's going to uh, get his vasectomy right now. Thank you so much for, for sharing. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Uh, someone's getting a bag of peas today. But you guys dated the same girl. And, and Steve, you absolutely can pay your children being a sole proprietor. And if you're a sole proprietor or a partnership that involves both parents, you don't have to deal with any fica bica mica futa tuta buta muta suta huta any of those self like payroll taxes so and now you turn around and you have literally arbitrage because if you're self-employed and making money you not only would have had to pay the federal tax you would have had to pay another 16 percent of self-employment tax and um now and you can do one thing further you can be you know like I'm going to take the money back from them or put it for college, put it in a Roth IRA for them. So I saw some of the questions that came, came by. Um, and we're not going to get to all of them today, but Ivana, if you can make note of them, like how to find a trusted account, that's a whole other conversation. Although I did a couple of recent posts yeah, you did. on my feed that you can go check out, but we'll go way into more detail. I'm, I'm limited to 30 minutes. I mean, three minutes. And Dominic, I'm going to turn this over to you in a couple minutes here. But let me handle some quick questions on this. Number one, what is the age? So remember, it expands to everything. Let me give you another example. Let's say you went to Florida 
because everybody's going to Florida now. And you went and checked out some garage sales because you wanted to check out that market, the resale market. There are ways that you can write off some or all of your trip to Florida. And again, now we begin to really unleash the power of having a business where we can begin to put parts of travel, parts of your commuting expenses, or not commuting, you can't do commuting, but parts of your driving expenses, cell phone, home office deduction, the list just goes on and on and on. So I don't steal out Dominic's time. Let me just give you a couple of quick answers here. Um, number one, oh, my thing died here. Hold on. Can't have that. Um, must have overheated or something. We'll figure it out later. But um, number one, the government says that your kids, what do you think, by the way, Dominic, you might know this, but what do you think the age limit is before you can start paying your kids? This one also blew my mind. On the low side, like when can you start paying them? Yeah. Oh, what the IRS recognizes the age that you can pay your kids at? <laughs> well, I mean, I would think it would be something reasonable, like 12 or something. But then but then I think it's the IRS. So God, heaven only knows. Six years old. <laughs> All right. Sweet. So double E only has a couple more months. Totally. And by the way, if you think that's weird, go to an immigrant-owned dry cleaner donut shop this weekend and you will find that there is a sub 10 year old kid likely working behind the counter on the weekends um our buddy that owns the armenian cafe i mean the day they turned six he brought him down to a, an armenian restaurant put him to work and they had to start um earning you know like hey and, and it was good i made my kids work i wanted them to see like we're not a trust fund family we're not idle rich, like we work for our money and you know, the food that sits on your table goes to it. Now, I saw a ton of tax questions. So as long as somebody's saving these, I will get to those. And um, we may do them on the feed. We may do them um, on next week, but I want to give some time for Dominic and we are, I, I have to wrap this up in about 20 minutes. So just understand there's a whole world out there of things. And the number one complaint that I get in my office is, yeah, my accountant just sits and like does my taxes at the end of the year. And um, they're just like, okay, man, you owe them this, you owe me this. It's like financial dry cleaning. Yeah. Really, it's like the equivalent of financial dry cleaning. And um, so remember, nobody cares about your money as much as you do. We do a damn good job in my office. But at the end of the day, you do want to know some of this so you know if they're doing a good job. So we'll answer a bunch of these questions next week, and we won't be quite as limited on time as I am today, but it's right before the March 15th deadline for corporate taxes, so I got a little bit of craziness going on behind the scenes here. Um, so that's it for my side of things. Dominic, what is, do you have any comments on that? And if not, let's move over to what- Yeah, actually I do. I, Stockholm really Syndrome is. One that I think that you can probably answer super quick though, was somebody said, and I actually was curious about this, is how does that not count as a gift? Like, you know, that like the whole gift thing, if you pay your child, is it is it because they consider them an employee? Is that why it's yeah. not a- okay. Yeah, you want Sorry. them to be an employee. You want them to get a W-2. Sorry, I just spilled water all over my desk. You want them to be an employee. You want them to get a W-2. You want all of that. And again, we can go into details on this. And by the way, guys, I have an actual full-on like 12-week tax course. 
but we're going to redo it. I'll keep you guys posted on that. We're going to do another one for you guys. It doesn't mean you want to do your own taxes. It just means we're going to show you the stuff that the accountant isn't showing you. So you can be a much better educated consumer, because like I said, this will be your number one expense over your lifetime if you're successful. And um, it will also be um, something that you don't want to outsource to someone else 100% because you got to keep an eye on them to make sure they're doing the best job for you possible. So, so yeah, let me give you a comment on this uh, thing about the eBay thing. So this is, this is kind of actually fits in the, the make more side of things. So some of you guys probably follow Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm going to guess, um, Ron and I have been following him since like episode five of wine Library yeah, TV. All right. Uh, Art Williams just sent me his new book here. So I just started reading it. It's freaking awesome. So by the way, if you're listening, Art, thank you so much. Uh, so what I'll tell you though, is, is interesting. A couple of years ago, well, now it's been a few years now, right before I started my business. So um, I took a little time off between when we had the exit out of our, the software company I was in. So I had an opportunity to take a little time and, and recover from the stress of that. And it's interesting, one of our friends, he actually just passed away not that long ago, but he was in um, right up near you in Oceanside. That dude was doing, just going to garage sales and uh, a few auctions here and there and running like a $30,000 a month eBay business. And so it was interesting because he was like, hey, you should do some of this. And I was like, I don't know. So at the time, like I really was just kind of hanging around. So I was like, well, let me just try it. And it's interesting, man. You can go to these garage sales, and if something looks kind of funky, you Google it really quick, or look on eBay. Now, I know there's pot, there wasn't Poshmark at the time, there wasn't all some of these other things, but but you could go on eBay and you look at what it sold for, and it was crazy how much stuff I would pick up for twenty five cents and turn around and sell for fifty dollars, like fishing reels. I used to crush on fishing reels because people, especially hilarious. if somebody dies. Somebody, you know, getting rid of all these fishing reels or, or a guy was like, his wife was like, you got to get rid of some of your fishing gear, right? Like that kind of thing. And I would buy <laughs> things for a buck and turn around on eBay with like no effort and sell it for 25, 50 bucks. I mean, it depended. So then we got a little bit deeper into it and we found these like auction houses and they, it's just like these warehouses and you just bid on stuff online. It's like, you don't do anything. You're just sitting there bidding and you, you're looking at eBay going like, what can I sell it for? And you kind of, you have to have a little, I will tell you, man, if you get into this, like when you're bidding against people, it's amazing how you're competitive you get. Maybe that's just me, but, uh, but you know, so they would do that. And, um, I, I remember one time I bought these, like they had a whole, they had boxes upon boxes from a warehouse that had flooded of these backpacks. They were like Kelty, like military style backpacks. I bought a like pallet of these things. Oh, for okay. real? I think a hundred bucks for the whole, I don't know, Yvonne might remember the amount, but I want to say I would pay a hundred bucks maybe for the, for the boxes of these things and was selling them for $75 a piece. I, another one I bought photo paper, which isn't kind of a thing now, right? Like it's a little different. People submit their stuff, but, <laughs> but like, do you have to explain and, to them why, well, do we need a, like, yeah, yeah what is, what is, photo there was a tie with you. Does that receiver camera? <laughs> but I bought, uh, I think 12 cases of photo paper, like re, you know, there are 12 cases of the reams of photo paper. Uh, I bought those, I think for uh, like a hundred bucks for all those cases. And I was selling them for like $25 a ream. Oh my like, God. And so it was crazy. So I think Freaking we got up awesome. to about, I was doing, again, I was, this was like, 
an hour a week or no, well, it was more than that. I mean, I probably spent five hours a week working on it and we're talking, I was probably doing between three and five grand a month profit. And you're right. We could write off everything else that was attached to it. So love it was that. kind of a cool Absolutely little thing love that. getting into it. So, so don't, don't, don't sleep on that idea. If you guys are looking for a little extra cash and have a little fun, if you're, you know, if a little patience, it's, it's a cool thing and all tax write-offs. I'll tell you two quick, crazy things. My wife used to find gold at garage sales. She hasn't really gone a whole lot lately, but she would literally find people selling cheap gold like they didn't know it was gold that looked fake. And she had a little test kit where she could discreetly test it. And then she would literally go take the gold that she bought that morning, walk over. There was a guy in San Marcos here, which is a couple towns inland. It was like a father-son gold business. And they paid the highest rate per ounce. They'd weigh it, test it. Yep, it's good. It's this carrot. Boom, here you go, cash. Um, we have a, a buddy of mine up north. I will not say his name, but um, he runs a um, poker chip company, which is pretty cool. But he does crazy stuff with trading cards, like in the yeah. six figures for rookie cards and stuff like that. It's crazy. All right, man. Did I leave you enough time to talk about? Yeah, for sure. We can come back to this guy. So that we can come back to Stockholm this. syndrome. That's it, right? That's a that's a new version of it. Yeah. So let me give you some background to this. I actually shot a reel on this and uh, the other day, and it's kind of going crazy. It's one of those ones that just just hits, you know, the the world of social media, right? But it's a topic that um, I came up with a few years ago. So let me give you the background. I was talking to this guy and real smart dude. And he got, which I get hired a lot to do this, or used to get hired a lot to do this, is come in and, and hire sales, fix the sales teams, right? So somebody would say like, hey, I need salespeople and I've interviewed a bunch and I need you to come hire them. Can you can you do that? Because I've built sales teams all over the world, right? So I go, yeah, sure. So I went and meet with this guy up in Colorado and, uh, you know, they, uh, good dude, but he, he's hired, I was like, where'd your current salesperson come from? And he's like, well, it was the building manager's cousin. And I was like, okay, what was his qualifications? Wait, who? Uh, he, he's the building manager's cousin. That was his qualifications. All right, sweet. Uh, that's a great way to start. Um, but what it was interesting, what I started to find out is that over and over and over, these founders were like trying to hire a salesperson because it would try to scale. So my figure is, is you can get, depending on your business model, you can do about, as a solopreneur, probably anywhere from 700,000 to about 1.3 million. And those aren't arbitrary. Like literally, I've seen this over and over and over. About seven hundred to three one point three million dollars that you can do sales on your own. If you want to scale past that, you have to hire somebody. You just can't keep up with the workload because you're usually at that point selling and delivering on the stuff. You might be able to stretch it to like one point five if you have a team delivering it, but not much beyond that. Like you, some point you, if you really want to scale, you got to get out of the day to day sales. So what happens is you as the founder have the ability to sell. Like you walk in there, you're the founder of the business, you have a certain amount of credibility because you created the product, invented the product, wrote the software, whatever. You walk in there, there's a certain amount of credibility in there. To your point, nobody cares about your sales or your money as much as you do. Not so you all. go in there with a different passion. And the other thing that you get to do is walk in there and if somebody wants an exception, you go, mm, okay. Like, cause you can, you can make that decision on your own, totally. right? You go to hire a salesperson, they have none of the above, right? They didn't invent the product, so they don't have instant credibility. 
they don't care about the business as much as you do, even if they care. And, and you know, you can get ones that definitely care about your business, but they don't care like you care right. about your business. And they usually can't make those exception decisions without talking to somebody. So already you're kind of hampered. So we came up with the, in that discussion, I was like, yeah, man, it's like, you've got like founder selling syndrome. So that's kind of just where it came out with. So I'm speaking at a stage, this is a funny story. I'm literally speaking on stage in New York City, five, 700 people in the audience, something like that. It was a pretty decent audience. The speaker after me was the aforementioned Gary Vaynerchuk. He's coming on right after me. And I'm telling That's how Dominic founders, rolls, by the way. I don't think you guys realize how, what a baller Dominic is. All right. Just, just scheduling. That was a scheduling error. <laughs> uh, so the good news is before, you just don't want to be after him. That's for dang sure. Right. So, Real, right. so I, I'm about to go up and, and it's funny because I used to say, like, I would try to, I like analogies. So I was like, well, founder selling syndrome is like, and you know, I'll come up with different analogies for it. So I'm in front of this big group. My wife is sitting front row. And I'm like, founder selling syndrome is a little bit like, and then I was like, ah, Gary Vaynerchuk's coming off for me, after me. Why not? I was like, it's a little like herpes. <laughs> you don't really <laughs> notice it until it flares up. <laughs> so, so my wife just, wow. just I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, I mean, keep it classy. <laughs> yeah, there's this delayed response and then the audience just loses it, right? So it's funny because I'll still get people who will be like, hey man, I saw you speaking at the, Digital Agency Summit. I was in there for Gary Vaynerchuk. You're the guy who said herpes, <laughs> which is better than me than calling me the herpes dude, which would be way worse. But but it does beg the question, how exactly do you know about herpes, Tom? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. That's the great part. Uh, I could make an ex-wife joke in there, but I won't. But um, so the uh, so anyway, so what the, the deal of it is, is most people don't know that they have it, right? They don't know that they have founder selling syndrome until you got a problem. And usually that problem occurs when you try to hire somebody. So what happens is now you go to hire a sales rep and you know you pick your building manager's cousin or whatever, or you pick <laughs> a family member from you or something and you try to bring this person in there and they suck. So then you're like, well, that was a bad decision. Let me go after an actual professional salesperson. So you try to hire, you know, go through all this stuff to hire a professional salesperson, which the very thing that makes them really good at sales is usually also makes them very good at interviewing. It doesn't necessarily mean they're a good sales rep, but they convince you that they are. Can I interrupt for one yes. second? That is such a great point for any of you guys that hire people. First of all, we're going to have the football draft coming up in another day. Dominic will talk about the Chargers signing Khalil Mack and what it means because yes. he's a beast. Yes. But um, keep this in mind. First of all, even in the NFL draft, guys will do all this research. They have millions of dollars of research and analytics, and they still pick busts, right? Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, but who else was the uh, Raiders picked a guy that's stuff uh, number one, but Dominic just made a really good point here. If you guys are scaling a business, which is the average employee has a hell of a lot more experience in interviewing than you do in interviewing some or being interviewed than you do in interviewing them. Yeah. And a lot of people are really good at getting interview, you know, giving off an interview and they absolutely suck in the real world. So you can talk another time about how to handle that. Yeah. Like Carrie and I just want to experiencing that. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not you. It's all of us have gone through it. Okay. Carry on. Good. Story. Yeah. So the, the real thing that starts to happen, and this is what I started to notice is even if you hire the best sales rep in the world, they need to know 
like the details of how you sell. And for most founders, the problem becomes that because of all the things I mentioned before, those three things that they do that are different than everybody else, they actually right. don't know. And actually, if I ask most founders, like, well, what makes you a great salesperson? It's like, uh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, people just say yes, right? So they don't know how to train that. And that's the thing that's the really the disconnect there. So I used to joke before I still joke, I guess, with people is I was like, I speak founder and I speak sales. Because the thing is, you have to be able to talk to that founder, listen to what they're doing, go, okay, I can translate that. It's almost like mapping a file in Excel. Is that too nerdy? Anyway, it's like it trying to figure yeah, out what it is to be super too nerdy, right? Um, but it's like, how do you move that thing, what you're saying over here into the column that matches what a sales process would look like for a sales rep? And so two things happen as a sales, I'll see this all the time with executives. If you guys own a business or if you're an executive at a company or a thing, I'll ask you, just think, give this some thought because I see this almost all the time, right? You have a sales problem, whatever it might be. You're not getting enough sales. Your business isn't growing, whatever. You're maxed out. You're just tired of doing whatever the problem might be. And so you try to hire somebody to come in and fix it. Or you try to hire somebody or, well, and you try to hire somebody also to drive sales. In most cases, those are two completely different human beings. The guy who can go in and fix the structure of your sales process and document everything that needs to be documented and put together a script out, out of your phantom, you know, owner version of stuff, right? turn all that in is like a sales leader. Like you're talking like you want to hire an SVP of sales from a major corporation type of guy. Chris, the top of that, I got to give a shout out to Chris. Hey, Chris. Nice. That's my buddy, Dominic. All right. Sorry, man. Didn't mean to interrupt. So, then you get on the other side of it, or you have a salesperson who can go out and sell, but most of those people actually need to be told what to do. Now, they all say they don't need to be told what to do, but that's a lie. It's a dirty lie. They know they do need to be told what to do. They have to give, be given a script. They'll modify the script, but give them a script. Give them a way to do it. So the big part of it is, is for most people, and, and I put this in my you know, reel the other day, is just the the fact is you, you have to have a really good training program, you have to have a really documented script, and you have to spend some time with them. And most of those things for people is uh, it's just too much for an entrepreneur. And so that's you know where guys like us come in, right? Just try to help with some of that. But founder selling syndrome is probably an answer to a lot of what's going on. And I think for most founders, it's just helpful. And I'll keep this brief because I know you got to go, and we'll just wrap up here and see if there's any final questions. But uh, is is it's just kind of being aware of it that really helps more than anything, right? To be understand that they go like, oh shoot, that's why I'm keep hiring bad salespeople because usually people hire me to go. Can you find me a good salesperson? I'll go through the list of people that they tried to hire, and I'm like, those were all good salespeople. <laughs> the problem was you. You right? you sucked. Yeah, yeah go look so, at the bear. Just, You're the so problem here. So that's your herpes flare up for the day is founder selling syndrome. That's so great, Dominic. I'm so glad it's such a classy show. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I was like, you know, my mom's laid up at home. I should invite her on. And now I'm glad we didn't. <laughs> You're That's my wife. Right. She's like, really? She's like, you seriously can't come up with another illustration. I was like, once it came out. I, I like, like it. They won't forget like the it. Perfect illustration. I can't. I can't for, those, for those of you who joined late, just so you guys know, we didn't, we didn't get through this. But, um, you know, the podcast is called the Make More, Keep More. Most days. Today it was the Keep More, Make More. And go back and listen. I'll post this in a few minutes here, but go back and listen from the beginning um, because we talk a lot about taxes and some of the advantages at a 30,000 foot letter level. And, um, but 
we will also dive in a little deeper as much as we can on any given one of these. And then, like I said, I'll have a class coming up, like a 12 week class for all the stuff where we just dive into this way detail. We won't do it on IG live so I can actually pull my screen up, walk you guys through some of this. So um, like Dominic said, just let us know what else you're interested in. So, and next week, Dominic, I cannot speak for you, but I will let you go first because I stole the majority of the time today. <laughs> Selfish jerk that I am. But um, what I want to chat about next week is risk and how much risk, particularly if you are an entrepreneur, should you be taking with your money that you pull from your business? And we're going to chat about the importance of pulling money from the business. And uh, I don't know if you thought of what you want to chat about, but I'll tell you guys what I'm going to be covering in upcoming weeks is mortgages, how to pick the right mortgage. We're going to go through why your 401k sucks. We're going to talk about um, some of the other most popular financial advice that gets repeated all the time and what's good in that and what you really shouldn't listen to. So all designed to help you keep more. Dominic, you're going to be going into all kinds of stuff related to driving sales fixing processes, basically making more. That's that's the stuff, man. And we're gonna, I'm going to break down. It'll be actually a fun one next week, too, when you're talking about risk pulling, uh, you know, how much money you're pulling from the business, risking it. You know, a lot of that has to do with how much money you're pulling into the business because that reduces some of that risk, right? So we'll talk about that. But I'll, I'll share next week is I'll make a note and I'll share if you guys are interested, kind of the, the really, to me, the one thing everybody's missing right now. There's some really interesting stats that came out post-COVID um, on sales. I'm a big stats guy. Most salespeople seem to not look at stats. And like, as we already knew, the world has changed so much, but it's fundamentally changing one aspect of sales that you guys could implement, any one of you, and you'll you'll literally stand out because you're the only one doing it. So we'll, we'll talk about I what that is. I can't wait to hear what that is because I genuinely don't know. Yeah. So someone's Katie threw in balanced approach and somebody else can't read the name. Oh, it's also Katie again. Katie, my friend, you're our friend now. She's uh, saving more. That was kind of the idea. And we got to give the shout out to Ivana. Dominic's really talented. I mean, she's listening. So I'll be careful about what I say. Uh, I don't want to get her too big of a head, but, um, but Ivana. Oh, and thank you. S. Hoffman, we'll be, you'll, you'll love it when you see the map. It'll blow your mind. But uh, this was Ivana's brainchild, which is like, he talked about making it. You talk about keeping it. You're like the chocolate to his peanut butter or the snake to his mummy. All <laughs> right. Let's, 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 uh, right. Let's, let's tie that oh, one up before oh, you go. Shut the hell up, Herpy boy. Like, literally, literally, you are not going to lecture me <laughs> on anything. <laughs> Uh, I knew where you were going with that one. No, so <laughs> I'm stopping I'll before go, you hit herpes level. And I'll go. Um, apparently, they were when I went to buy my like light. Um, they were out of deeper ring lights, like kind of the thing. So I got a whatever one I did died midway through. So we're gonna try. Oh, thanks, Jake. I'm glad you enjoyed. Um, hold on, let's see if my light works. Nope. Like there's something going wrong with that. I'm gonna get a new light for next week. And all that Elgato key so, light, man. Elgato key light. It's the best way to Elgato go. Elgato key light. All right, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, that's a guys, cool tip for everybody. Tell your friends we'll be here next Friday at 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific. You guys are gonna love it. Sorry for you people just diving in. I'll have this posted in the next few minutes. Definitely check it out. You're gonna make more, you're gonna keep more. All right, that's it for today. I have no idea how to end this.
there we go. All right, Dom. Take care, man. I'll chat with you next week. Bye, Talk to you soon, man. Appreciate all you guys on here. We'll see you guys soon.